A-S. Join us for Choose Your Own Adventure Team Quest, a game where teams of adventurers navigate through a classic choose-your-path-to-adventure story with the goal of winning prizes from locally-owned businesses in the Cedar Rapids-Iowa City Corridor. Each episode is fun, new, and exciting. Listen to the story and then see if you would make the same decisions as our teams. Will our teams travel to the tops of the Himalayas as they search for the exclusive Yeti? Will they dive to the bottom of the ocean to search for the lost city of Atlantis? Or will they travel through space and time as they explore distant planets and discover new forms of life? Which team will be your favorite? Will they enter the glorious hallways of the Adventurers Hall of Fame by winning the season championship? Choose Your Own Adventure Team Quest is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. New episodes release every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For bonus episodes of this show, ad-free versions of all LAS podcasts, and many other exclusive benefits, consider subscribing to LAS Plus for just $10 a month. To learn more and to get started, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com slash plus. So come and join us for an adventure. And always remember, the choice is yours. L-A-S Luck is quite the fickle thing. Here in this world we call Maria, it often seems that luck is in short supply. Some of us lose families earlier than we expected. Some of us lay broken in body before we're able to achieve the goals we intend. Some of us are even given ultimatums of death before we are even born. And in each of these, luck finds itself bereft. So, if you found someone to whom it was second nature to, someone to whom luck can be bent, broken, and remade to fit into their necessity, what would you do? Would envy drive you? Would you start finding strings, seeing if this person could be made a puppet? If you found them, How hard would you pull on these strings? What would you do if they snapped? And in the end, what would you do if you discovered the envy harbored in your heart didn't allow you to see past them, and that perhaps the story you thought was being told was threefold wider than what you saw? Our story of luck and the things beyond takes place modestly to the south of the city of Blackwater, pressed into Antillanon's western coast on a road leading along the shoreline. As it takes its meandering dance through an auburn-leaved thicket, the late days of the month of Eliant give way to trees whose leaves shimmer like wildfire in the sunset air of the cooling seasons. At a crossroads in this place of verdant fire, a man made of metal bearing the name Shadow stands stark against his surroundings. Another job, another desperate attempt to do mortal things in this immortal form. He looks at the other metal husks on the ground around him as he grasps at the bag at his side the tactility of which he has long since been unable to perceive, but whose memory in his mind still holds firm. A man named Valros Vasago, clad in vibrant clothes, faded by time and misuse, walks down this road towards what he hopes is treasure. Whether or not it will fill the hole in his life he hopes it will is yet to be seen. Luck plucks at his every step down this new path of his life, unfamiliar and young. The journey is beautiful, and this man all the same. 
put to him in this moment of blinded avarice. Luck has greater plans. Hi, everyone. Uh, This is the cast of Myths of Myria. We're starting this podcast, and boy, is this a brand new fun experience for all of us. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. Yes. Uh, We thought we would give you a quick intro to who we are uh, really quick before we start the podcast. And I would describe what D&D is and how our storytelling is going to be progressing uh, at a really base level. Um, so that everybody knows kind of how the game works as we go forward. Yes. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, hi, I'm Alan Way, and I will be your dungeon master, and <laughs> I'm basically going to be playing everyone who is not the other three people at this table, because there are three others here with me right now, and I'm super excited for you to meet them, and uh, I will be basically playing the world, and I will be playing um, all of the, the characters that aren't these people. Uh, and uh, up next, I'll, I'll hand it off to Josh. Um, hi, I'm Josh Wagner, and I'll be playing Shadow, who is so aptly described there as the warforged hunk of metal. Um, and yeah. <laughs> hunk of something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be interesting oh, seeing how everything just kind of goes from there, um, just discovering the world. I uh, feel like this is very character-driven, so it's going to be really cool interacting with everybody. I didn't know we were starting ships so early. How I didn't know that we were going to start going calling each other hunk like uh, oh, right yeah. away. <laughs> no, that's that's how we roll, baby. <laughs> All about hunks. Uh, I am Jackson Parker, and I am playing the. Uh, well, I was going to say self-described, but I guess now Alan described pretty boy. Yes, uh, Valros Visago. <laughs> uh, wonderful, and uh, Morgan. Hello, I'm uh, Morgan Willis, and I'll be playing her. Yes. Who has not been described yet and will be described at some point yeah. later on in the story. So we have a couple different uh, things that we're getting through in this episode, which I don't know if everybody knows yet. But I think we'll be bringing her in as soon as we can. And I think you'll all be excited how it goes. So with that, I'm going to give a quick download, quick down low explanation of what D and D does to tell stories. Now download. I, I got. I got there in the end. <laughs> you have to uh, upload yeah. the explanation. You have to upload the explanation to, the to my brain real quick. Yeah. I, I just. I took yeah. a little while. Um, but basically, what we are going to be doing is the the gist of D and D is if there's some sort of event that requires some sort of um. Uh, skill check. So there's a bunch of different skills in D&D, um, some of them being maybe perception for looking around or investigation for like putting together clues um, or uh, possibly even history to kind of figure out, you know, what you've known in the past. Those are called skill checks. Uh, and we take those and we roll a D20. We add relevant modifiers. Each person is better at different things. Uh, and then with that, we move forward and we see if it is a success or fail based on checking it against other numbers. I have a question. Yep. What is a D20? Oh, you. thank you. A D20 is a 20-sided dice. Normal dice have six sides, but our dice are huge and absolutely weigh a lot, a lot many more sides oh. than the original D6. A lot many more sides? A lot many oh, more. Yeah. It abbreviated D and then however many sides. Yes. So there's D10s, mm-hmm. D12s, D6s, yeah. D4s, D20s. Yep. So I've many. seen D100s, which are crazy. But we uh, golf balls. Yeah, like golf ball sized dice, which are insane. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anybody else have anything they want to talk about before we get in? Can we roll some dice? To what, what dice would we roll? What does it sound like? For what? To see how much one. fun we're gonna have. Okay, all right. I'm gonna roll dice to see 12. how much fun I'm having. Ooh, 12. 14. Okay, it's a pretty good. I'm having a pretty oh. good amount of fun. It's a pretty good amount. Hopefully of fun. not yeah. a one. Uh, ooh. Ooh. An eight fun. Okay. Eight. Oh. Okay. So we all know that Josh is not having a good time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, I think that I'm ready to start running through this stuff. Are you guys ready? Yeah, I think so. For sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sounds good. Val, you are walking down this same path that was previously described. The trees are in colors of deep fall, um, and you see the leaves scattered across the pathway that you are walking down. And as you've been traveling across this meandering path, you can only shuffle your cards so many times before you're getting bored, and you've been looking for a distraction that you might be able to to have. Your... um, your 
let's say dalliance with disheveled clothes Ooh, I like that. has has started to uh, um, uh, make yourself uh, a little different than when you left your last previous city. <laughs> uh, and uh, why don't you go ahead and describe what your character looks like for us? All right, so Valros uh, has long white silver hair with purple tips at the end, uh, matching his vest of a similar violet shade. He wears these dark pants with a yellow line down the side. He has a yellow tie on his cream-colored shirt, uh, the sleeves of which look like they might have been rolled up at one point, but yeah. have fallen down, and he just hasn't really taken the time to roll them back up. Uh, his, his tie is loose, his collar open. You would notice right away, just by looking at him, below his uh, purple headband, his eyes, where they would be white, on a normal person, mm-hmm. they are black, and the irises are that same golden yellow as his tie mm-hmm. and the streak down the side of his leg. He also has a rainbow of scars going down the right side of his face under his eye. Very nice. And as you walk down this path, eventually you have this map that you've been following, and coming up to this point, you've been a little confused because this point has a blue squiggly line around the side of of this circumference uh, forward in the map and then crossing across the road the the squiggly line um, bisects it. Okay. Right? And so when you are coming up upon this you see in front of you A squiggly line. Oh yes, there is distinctly (laughs) a squiggly line. Uh, No, you you see two peacekeepers which are this world's version of Warforged uh, laying on the ground. You see two peacekeepers that are laying on the ground, which are this version, or this world's version of Warforged, um, and so they're these big metal uh, robot-looking people that are okay. on the ground. Uh, there's another one standing there that is just walking in squares, and then another one that is way bigger than the others. Shadow, you are currently standing right on top of these other. Uh, peacekeepers, and you've been sent here to investigate them, but you feel a little confused, truthfully. You feel like you've been here for a long time, but you can't really remember all of everything that's gone on here. You saw that they all stopped at this exact point, and you watch this peacekeeper Mm -hmm. that is doing these squares walk over and over and over in this same formation, Sure, and then you remember saying to yourself, I should I should continue down this path to see what might have sent them back. Okay. And then you just found yourself standing at that same position again. Oh, okay. And then you were like, oh, I should probably go down this path. And you walk down the path, and then you find yourself standing, looking over these peacekeepers again, as if you haven't traveled down this path. Oh, my. Okay. And with this, Val, you see... Shadow, Shadow, you see Val. What do I see? Yeah, what do you see? You would see um, roughly uh, just over seven feet tall. Um, Jeez. A, a <laughs> large, <laughs> a large, uh, heavy-plated uh, suit of armor, almost looking. Um, uh, it's It's almost as if they took a peacekeeper... Uh, stretched it out a bit, and so it's it's just in every hard. direction. Yeah, okay. in, in, in every direction, <laughs> not just not just vertically. Yeah, I'm, like I'm a lanky just... guy. <laughs> um, no, just just really beefy, for the lack of a better term. Um, beefy. Uh, the yeah. the metal with which it looks uh, I'm made out of is, um, if you took iron and just like. It, it was just like really scraped and brushed metal. I mean, it's uh, it, it looks like a like a really uh, worn, rusted at all. Uh, no. Okay, just worn. Um, just worn. Okay. Um, it's seen it's seen some weather. Uh, uh, a red cloak, um, signifying potentially, if you would know, uh, like Levitican uh, army. Okay. Um, and then on uh, his left shoulder, uh, pretty apparent because it is large, would be a Levitican symbol. Which is like an, a big L, a curved L in a circle. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
Um, and then my right shoulder is completely devoid of any marking or anything like that. Okay. Um, uh, if you were looking at like facial features and things like that, uh, peacekeepers normally uh, tend to have very plain and stoic looks to them, mm-hmm. um, kind of devoid of any sort of emotive uh, ability. Um, Shadow's face uh, has uh, expressive qualities about it. The the eyebrows uh, are able to move, emote. Um, Important function. The yeah. the eyes are able to kind of like either dilate or open a little bit. Okay. Um, and the the mouth is able to move um, a bit um, up down for sure, uh, kind of side to side mm-hmm. vaguely. Um, so some vague semblances of emotion can be achieved with the mouth. Um, you wouldn't see him necessarily breathing okay. because he doesn't yeah. need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, two questions. Yes. One, uh, weaponry. Do I notice any weaponry on this uh, individual? You can roll me a perception check. Fine, I will. <laughs> <laughs> that is a 12 plus 6, 18. Okay, an 18. That's pretty great, actually. First roll. Um, I would say he pretty much sees most weapons that aren't directly and intentionally concealed on you, Shadow. So what weapons might he see? Um, Honestly, uh, you you might see that my fists, if anything, uh, the metal that you would see that I'm made out of... uh, while it is worn and stuff like that, the metal on my fists is more apparently worn oh, okay. than anything else. I thought you were going to say thick. <laughs> thick. Thick fists. No, uh, you'd see that they, they're a bit more worn. Okay. Uh, maybe dented a little bit in certain spots. Cool. Um, like they've seen, they've seen some stuff. Um, and otherwise I was going to ask, uh, do I know anything about Levitica? Uh, why don't you go ahead and roll me a history check? That's a nine plus one, so ten. Ten? You know that it's a country, um, and you know that it's kind of on the cutting edge of technology. Arcano-mechanical... Um, invest- Ooh, that's a good word. Arcano-mechanical investigation and, um, and, and invention is really kind of the center of its society. Okay. And so what that means is that there's a lot of cool gadgets that Levitica has. So their boats sometimes are made of metal. Uh, they have things that shoot projectiles with gunpowder. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, that's nuts. And they also have um, they also have a lot of magical uh, weaponry, a lot of enchanters. Uh, you've even seen one time flying over Ebonvale, you saw a huge airship that just flew through the sky, stopped in Ebonvale for like maybe. 20 minutes and left. And it had cool. the Levitican uh, sails on it. Oh, with that like same the big L. L symbol on the sails. Yeah. Cool. Super cool. Um, he- he- hello? Um, Shadow would look around, uh, just getting his bearings on where he is uh, with that description of just trying to perceive or re-perceive the same situation again and yeah. look around and realize he's being addressed and look over his shoulder. Have I seen you here before? Um, craning my neck up to try to meet his eyes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you have. I haven't seen you in a, a well, at, at all. <clears throat> um, wh- what are you doing here? I... <sighs> I was sent here to investigate these units, um, but I, shaking his head, just trying to remember. Roll me a history check, Shadow. Um. History, history, history. <laughs> Eight. Eight. <laughs> yeah, you remember you were sent here, but right now it's, everything, you feel so turned around. Mm-hmm. The the walking and then maybe not walking. You can't remember if you went down this path or not, or like, how did you get turned around? It. Why are you, you know, you're here to investigate thing, these things, but, but why? I, you can't remember. I would, uh, I would look at, uh, Val, um, 
how did you get here? I walked down the path. Um, I've been following this map, trying to make my way to the axe. I don't know what is there. But... I, I would uh, go to like reach for the map with my large hands, just trying to put it between my <laughs> thumb and pointer Lightly finger, pinch just yeah. trying not to destroy this thing, and just, may I? Uh, sure. Um, Val's going to try to hide a card behind his back as he hands the map okay. over. Okay, roll me a sleight of hand. Uh, 17 Ooh. plus sleight of hand plus 6. 23. Wow. 23. Easy enough. Right as you start to uh, pull this map away, you hide a card underneath it and st- like flip it underneath your palm and put your hand behind you and kind of <laughs> offer a slight bow as you push it forward <laughs> and hide that card behind by uh, changing his point of reference. Did uh, Did you say you did this to your friends or...? Um, glossing over the map and just looking down and then looking up at the trees and then looking at the sky, just trying to make sure that I'm in the place that I, I think I am. Um, mm-hmm. I just uh, address him while still looking at it. I, no, I, I would have no reason to try and harm them. They were simply doing their jobs, I believe. Good, that's good. What, uh, and what is their job? Um, these units, um, mm-hmm. and I'd hand Val back his map, and then I'd look down and just, uh, the ones that are, you said, are kind of destroyed and misshapen. Right. I would, um, kind of rummage through their things a little bit and try yeah. to see what they were necessarily doing. Yeah, roll me perception or investigation, your choice. Um, let's do... What is the difference? So perception would be like you being able to see those things, whereas investigation would be able to be like put together clues. Got it. Right. And so perception would be, hey, are you able to see these things? Whereas investigation would be like, you know, shadow saying, oh, I know where these things would go on them. And me saying, okay, like I can see the symbol on this, which makes me think that it is this thing. So it's like generalized and more specific. Right. Exactly. And so I'm giving him the option because maybe one is better and maybe shadow prefers one over the other. Got it. They're both the same for me stat-wise, sure. but I feel like Shadow would definitely try to do investigation, okay. and I got a five. A five. Uh, <laughs> Woo, let me you, grab another 20. You are able to, um, you're not going to get a ton off of that, uh, but nope. you are able to see, I mean, very clearly they all have bags, and as you uh, as you reach into these bags and take stuff out of them, you do find these kind of like crumpled up and rolled up uh, maps that seem to be worked on currently. Mm-hmm. That's um, as much as you got. I'd rifle through those a little bit and just, I feel like, generally gather that they might be uh, trying to map the area potentially. Um, and that feels that feels correct. Because okay. you're starting to, like, as you're moving through what you remember, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, this mapping feels right. Okay. It feels like this. This feels like something that I was told. These units. I, it seems as though they were mapping, which isn't out of the ordinary for kind of our kind, I guess. Um, and then I would hand these crumpled bits over to Val, um, but apprehensively. I guess I don't know you. What is your name? Um. Val takes a bow. Uh, Varos Visago, or uh, Val, is fine. And you are? My name's Shadow. Right. I was unaware that peacekeepers had names? Some. Few. But some. And then with that, uh, I go to hand the, uh, the crumpled map to Val. I, I see that you... I mean, already do have a map. I don't know what you could make use of with this. Um, but if you'd like to take a look, by all means. Val, roll me an investigation check. <laughs> that is a three plus <laughs> uh, investigation. One, I got a four. Four. Woo! Okay. This has been going very swimmingly oh, so yeah. far. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. numbers. I'm like, man, let's do some checks. Surely they'll succeed at one. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> They've succeeded at none of them. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, so uh, I will say with that, the thing that I was originally going to uh, say, I'm just going to leave it out. All right. Cool. Um, 
I appreciate the pieces, but I don't really know what I can do with them. Um, you notice that all of them are mapped up till this point, and and right at the circle where you see that blue line, that's where all of these peacekeepers' maps stop. The area that kind of the uh, that all of us are, um, specifically yep. like me and the other peacekeepers. Yeah. Um, do I notice any difference in like the ground that is the ground that we're on and then potentially like the ground that is just beyond where we are? Sure. Like maybe we were, I don't know, moved or yeah. maybe teleported from something. Why don't you go ahead and uh, roll me another investigation check? You turn around and you see that same peacekeeper that was walking in squares just and then it hits that point mm-hmm. and then it turns left and then it turns left again and then it turns left again and it's back in the same position it was at the beginning Okay, and you just watch it walk by this area and turn around continue and do it over and over again that's a 13 13 um, you do see that you look down at your your feet, mm-hmm. and you trace them back, and then you you tr- there are, it's like a set of footprints leading back to where you are mm-hmm. right now. It looks as though you've walked this same path back and forth like six times. Oh, okay. But like in the exact same way. Oh, yeah. Wow, interesting. Um, I would uh, look at Val, and then I uh, would look at the the one peacekeeper that is seemingly functional, and I just motion, like, we should check this one out. It seems as though we uh, might have been put here out of circumstance and not out of choice. Um, yes, by all means, uh, lead, lead the way. Um, and I would walk up to that peacekeeper. Yep. Um, and I would... Uh, <clears throat> unit... Please identify yourself. It stops directly in front of you, uh, taking a moment away from its continuous left turns. <laughs> and it turns towards you, and it just <laughs> stops, stands st- stand still straight, and lines up, standing completely straight, salutes you with the Levitican salute, which is an L uh, aiming towards you so that you can read the L on its hands. Mm-hmm. Two fingers, um, index and middle finger, and thumb, and as it does so, it says, Unit 867. Thank you, Unit 867. Where were you sent? Where was your original purpose? I have been sent here to map the western coast of Antillanon. I am still trying to map the western coast of Antillanon. I believe that I cannot progress beyond my current position. I seem to be magically inhibited. I shall try again. And then it puts down its hand, and it turns left, and it <laughs> walks forward, and um, then it turns left again. So it continues. It, it keeps turning left. Do I notice anything mechanically wrong with, with the thing? It doesn't look mechanically like it's been damaged at all. Although okay. you would notice that it seems as though the place in which it is walking, mm-hmm. is, there's like a divot in the ground, like a groove where it's just been walking in the same square. Like it's been for doing like it. days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning right? I have not. I shall attempt it. He turns to the right. (laughs) And he turns again. (laughs) Unit 867. I am unable to pass this point. I fear I have been magically inhibited. I shall try again. And he turns left. (laughs) One more time. (laughs) Well, I've done all I can do. Well, um... Uh, Western Antillanon is where from where we currently are. So you're currently on the most western coast of Antillanon. Oh, the current okay. continent that you are on is called Antillanon. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a part of many greater continents that are a part of this world. Um, but the one that's relevant in this moment is just Antillanon. And okay. the western coast, uh, uh, it is nestled up into the side of the Galtic Ocean. And right now, you are maybe only 30 minutes from the coast. Oh, um, with that knowledge, I would look at this, uh, unit and, uh, unit 867, I believe 
from our current coordinates. If you would follow Val and I, we would be able to proceed to the actual western coast. Very well. And it stops, and it gets uncomfortably close to your backside. Like, it just starts to follow you, and you just... And it just stands directly behind you. Uh, Amazing. Uncomfortably, Val just starts taking a couple steps toward the blue squiggly line okay. on his map. Yeah. Am I... Would I approximate I'm about to that line? Yeah, you're, you're pretty much there. Val takes a big, deep breath and, like, takes a couple steps back and then just runs and leaps over where he perceives that bl- imaginary blue squiggle line yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as you start to run forward and jump, make me an athletics check. Uh-oh. Or, sorry, an acrobatics check. Acrobatics, you say? Yes. <laughs> that is 10 plus 3, 12, or 13. Okay, very nice. As you step back, you take a running leap, just do, 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 huh, and you land on your feet. You kind of slip on some mud at the very end, but you're able to right yourself just at the very last moment. And you look down at the map, and right as you went across that blue line, the map faded blue and then back out. Whoa. It became The paper became blue, and then it went back to paper color. Um, try and cross now, I, I guess. Seems okay over here. Was there something that happened? You seem apprehensive. Uh, is paper supposed to turn colors? No. <laughs> Thank you, Unit 867. I appreciate the uh, acknowledgement. I didn't know you talked. Anyway, it did. It did that. Interesting. Um, looking back at the pile of the, was it other two? Yeah, there are two more on the ground. Um, make me an investigation check for them. Okay. Uh, 16. So these ones, as you kind of look through them, you're very familiar with peacekeeper anatomy mm-hmm. and how things are um, are constructed with peacekeepers. So as you take a look at them, you realize that the mana batteries, which are the, um, the things that power these peacekeepers to keep them running... Um, it's this uh, liquid fuel that they burn to, or burn magically uh, to, uh, mm-hmm. to keep them running, is completely drained in the two that are on the ground. Oh, and wow. unit eight six seven roughly has only about twenty five percent of his mana capacity left. Okay, um, eight six seven. Do you think you have enough charge to make it to the western coast? Running diagnostics. And he just stands there for like an uncomfortably long, like thirty seconds. Okay. So a- a- upon which I would uh, would I know if we can take? You said that those were drained to zero that are on the ground. Yeah. Okay. Never mind then. Okay. Um, you said yes. Uh, all right. Perfect. Eight six seven. What is your function? My function is to be a cartographer and to map the west coast of Antillanon. Uh, Shadow, judging from your appearance, what is your function? <clears throat> we should go over that at a later time, I think. Not ominous at all. Okay, let's uh, let's move forward, I guess. Still holding that card <laughs> nicely in his vest. Yeah. Yep. I would uh, make sure that 867 is behind me and uh, start proceeding um, at a light jog towards the interesting event that I saw Val kind of go through. Yeah. Uh, You jog. Do you try and make any type of leap through the barrier? Um, can I, I can't see any sort of barrier, but it's vaguely where he, you saw Val jump over something. Sure. Um, I'm not going to try and jump through anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to like brace myself lightly for like, if I hit, like, a bubble or anything, I'm going to try and make sure that I don't fall on my butt. Okay. So. So, you start moving forward, and you, and you jog through this barrier, racing as you go, and you look at Val, and you step into the other side. Oh. All right. Are you good? I, I feel fine, 
and then I would and immediately look behind me and make sure that 867 is maybe behind me. Yeah. So as you were passing across, you kept your eye on Val. This one is keeping its eye on you. And as it crosses the barrier, it turns left. And it walks three steps, and then it turns left again. And it starts walking in its square. No. <laughs> we tried so hard. <laughs> I, uh, I would reach through and grab yes. its wrist. Yes. 867. Can you proceed? It is my duty to map the western coast of Antillanon. I, I shall attempt again. Pull and it tries through. to walk, and you just yank it in, and you turn back, and as you do so, you look at Val, and you yank him in, and you both seem to pass through. Oh. Uh, eight, six, seven? I have succeeded. Perfect. Nice! We did it! <laughs> I shall continue mapping the western coast of Antillanon, and he walks down the path. Perfect. We did it! Wait, was that, uh, what did we do exactly? Well, we successfully helped him map what he needed to map. I'm still not entirely sure why he was prohibited, or why I was where I was, but it seems, and I look down the path, um, is that the same path that is on your map that you were walking down. As you look down at the path and look back up, Val is already walking down the path, and he turns and says, I'm sorry, what did you say? Oh, well then. Um, I'd, like, kip step to try and keep up. Yeah, Just okay. One second. <laughs> All right, and you jog up to Val, and you both continue walking. Uh, so what are you looking for? Information. Um, information in regards to... Um, there's some people that I work for that require explanations on things. You know, there's money in information. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Money's good. It can be. Valoros continues walking, shuffling his cards, uh, and you notice at this point that the map is now just floating in front of his face as he's shuffling these cards. Um kind of nodding and seeing that you're able to do those kinds of things. Interesting. You, uh... Is that a hobby? Or is that... Uh, making things float? Yes. Uh, a hobby? I It's new-ish. I just kind of started messing with it recently. Intriguing. A hobby? I don't, I don't really think it counts as that. These, he holds up the deck of cards, are... A hobby, yes. And what kind of cards are those? He reveals just a deck of playing cards. Oh. Normal cards? Interesting. Okay. Why is... is are there other cards? Yes. What? There are. Val immediately stops moving and turns and just full body stares at Shadow. What, uh, what other cards? Um, well, when we have a minute, it seems that... You're on your way to something, and I feel like it coincides with where I might be going. We can discuss that, maybe. Val gives Shadow the side eye as he slowly turns back down the path and is just walking absentmindedly, thinking of other games. (laughs) (laughs) You walk for about 30 minutes of time, and as you do so, you have some more light conversation, Mm -hmm. Um, but as you get... Further and further down this path, Val, the map that you have, basically this squiggly blue line forms a circle around a point at the um, at the X on your map. It forms a circle around that X, and that X is right on the coast of this land, right? And so, with that, eventually, you are able to make your way into a clearing. 
Hey everyone, I'm Amy with an A. And I'm Jenny with a Z. And we'd like to introduce you to our new podcast called Sick and Tired. For people who are sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. We're going to be sharing some personal health stories with you, some stories from other people, both positive and negative, and help empower you to be a self-advocate for your own body out there in the healthcare community. We might be using words you're uncomfortable with. Like moist. Or vagina. (gasps) Oh, not that word. So if you're uncomfortable with those words, this might not be the podcast for you. Or maybe it is. New episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts. To support this show and other local creators, subscribe to LAS+. Plus. For more information, visit LASpodcastnetwork.com. I'm excited to talk about our pelvic floor. And guess who has a pelvic floor? Everyone. Even Alex. What? Even Santa. Hey, Logan, how's it going? Hey, Brian. Why do you look so sad? I'm just sad because I, well, I found out that there's no local fantasy football podcast for the Cedar Rapids and Iowa City Corridor. Well, Logan, you know what? Let's change that. How? Well, we can make a podcast about fantasy football locally. Let's do it. We'll call it Playoff Bound Fantasy Football! Yeah! I'm Brian. And I'm Logan. And we got a new podcast all about fantasy football that you should listen to. It's called Playoff Bound Fantasy Football, and it's going to be the premier place to hang out every single week and talk fantasy football locally right here in the Cedar Rapids and Iowa City Corridor. Every week we're going to come to you with news around the league and give you advice about your starters. There's a bazillion fantasy football podcasts out there, right? Why listen to ours? This is going to be a place for us to hang out, share stories, insights, advice, laughter, suffer through losses together. It's going to be your fantasy football community. That's what we want to create. Do you have a player that just got injured? We'll tell you if you should drop him or not. Do you have a player that somebody's trying to trade for? Maybe we'll answer an email or two and tell you if you should trade him or not. Did you get really angry this past Sunday and throw your phone out a window? That's on you. (laughs) You you messed up. Yeah. All right, calm down. So if you want to hear strategies and laugh with us, come listen. It's going to be a great time, but here's what I really want you to know. Playoff Bound Fantasy Football is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit LASpodcastnetwork.com. New episodes release every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For bonus episodes of this show, ad-free versions of all LAS podcasts, and many other exclusive benefits, all while supporting local creators and businesses, consider subscribing to LAS Plus for just $10 a month. To learn more and to get started, visit LASpodcastnetwork.com slash plus. Football season's just around the corner, Logan. I know. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Let's get to the playoffs together. Let's do it. On the count of three. One, two, three, four. What? what? Oh, I thought we were just counting. Nice. L-A-S. Before you, you see a circular building overlooking a vast ocean. Sitting neatly on the cliffside that is set before you in this clearing, this white elven building rests as a beacon above these crashing waves, safely watching their journey from 50 feet above the shore. Its green sections of roof stretch outwards, like leaves, overlaying one another. Pillars of white stone hold the walls of this mausoleum, decorated with the beds of flowers neatly tucked around the outside, the circumference of this building. Two trees flank each other on each side that look like they have been meticulously grown into the structure, by being pulled down and across the roof of the building as they matured, a sign of incredible craftsmanship and patience. As these trees connect and intertwine at the peak of the roof, they bloom in this season into soft pink petals which float delicately down to the ground and onto the roof as the cold starts coming to the world. Between two of the pillars, lies a double door made of woven wood similar in design to the trees above, but more tightly bound as to give privacy to whatever might lay inside. 
Above the door, there's a phrase carved in elegant script in the stone. Written both in common and in elven, it reads, Daughter of Hope, rest your eyes. Come time yet unknown, we shall meet again. Nice. This is certainly unexpected. Um, I look around for Unit 867. You see him just standing in the middle of this clearing, and on the map that he has in front of him, he pulls it out, and he starts drawing the area around him on the map. Gotcha. Um, I approach the door? Yeah. Uh, so as you go up, you see these flower beds on the sides, and move slowly up to the door and you see that woven pattern that I described in these double doors, allowing some sight in but there's a little bit it's a little bit difficult to see inside without opening the door I would, uh, I would also approach okay. and noticing the, the you said there's like intricate carvings on the outside of this building Yeah. Um, looking at that would I be able to discern necessarily, you said it's el- well at least the script is elven the script is written once in elven mm-hmm. and once in common. Would I be able to notice uh, or be able to discern the craftsmanship from mm-hmm. where the drawing or the carvings are from or anything like that? Sure, roll me a history check and oh sorry, for everybody listening uh, common in D&D in Dungeons and Dragons is more closely tied to whatever language we're playing D&D in. So if I say common and we're speaking English, common is basically translated to English. Got it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you said history check? History, please. Okay. Oh, um, those oh that's pretty good. Roll off yeah, the table. Bad. 13. 13. Um, this is elven, car- they're elven carvings. Um, and they look of kind of like these different landscape carvings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they look a little bit less modern than like current elven carvings. Okay. Um, like much older. And it kind of leads you to believe that this is carvings by a group of elves that maybe used to do a lot of carving craftsmanship but haven't innovated in a long time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So gotcha. that's that's probably the information that you got right that with. Sure. Um, kind of, you'd see Shadow, like, almost touching these carvings, um, and, like, trying to perceive with his hands, um, but not, um, like, there's almost, like, this wanting to, like, connect to it. It's, like, instinctive. But he he can't, like, there's, um, you wouldn't see this, but there's not that, can't touch it, and he wants to so badly. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but he's running his fingers along it. There's like a light scraping because this is stone. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it, it scrapes a little bit, and then he'd pull his hand away, um, seeing that you were also looking at this, and just, I, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, this seems uh, uh, old. Um, uh, Elven, definitely. Um, it seems as though somebody put a lot of care into this. We should maybe be careful, but... As you say, maybe be careful, Val just turns and just goes, and just pushes open the door. I, you um, press on the door, and it just... Uh, oh, it's open. Opens forward. Well, that's one way of doing things. Um, I'd look back at Unit 867. Is he still... He's just drawing away. I guess I shouldn't assume, like, is it he, it's an it. They are just drawing they, away. Yeah. Um... I, uh, eight, six, seven, would you want to potentially map the interior of this? I shall map the interior once I am done mapping the exterior. Understood. Um, and he moves back to his drawing. <laughs> what does it look like inside from here? On the inside of the mausoleum, you see that the back wall is completely removed, allowing for a clear view over the ocean mm. that's crowned with the setting sun. In the center of this circular room, you see a pillar of light striking through a circular hole in the roof of the building. It meets the ground in the middle 
of a rectangular depression in the center of the room. Behind the pillar of light, you see a plinth with a small Fabergé box on it. I like boxes. <laughs> boxes have things inside. And outside the back of this, you see this vista of, of sea and sun as the day comes to its waning hours. That's all? Yeah. Hmm? Uh, the inside is that same white stone, but there's much less carving in here. It seems minimalistic. Noticing, I'd, I'd nod and noticing the center um, box, mm-hmm. um, but I'd probably be taken aback by the view. Yeah. Um, and just kind of walk more over to that while uh, keeping my my front facing the center. Um, yeah. And just like looking over my shoulder, just taking that view in um, and then looking back at Val. Is this what you meant to find? Um, Val takes a card from the deck and you watch him as he slides it into his headband so it's covering his right eye. Mm-hmm. says, um, I don't really know. I kind of won this map in a card game. And uh, he begins to cast Detect Magic. Okay. Are you ritual casting or are you just casting it with I'm spell slot? I'm ritual casting. Okay. You see Val sit down and just start to flick these cards around. Like, y- you watch as, like, he flicks one in the air and it just, like, spins and hangs there for, like, two or three seconds. And then it lands in his other hand. And then he just starts flicking cards up and they start rotating around him as he catches them in the alternate hand. Almost like this, this delicate but light-fingered juggling as he starts to, like, just move through these cards in a sequential motion for ten minutes, casting this spell. Wow. Um, upon seeing this, not, like, trying to interrupt whatever thing you're doing, uh, you'd hear him say, I thought you said that was just a hobby. My goodness. Eyes closed. I practice a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shadow, is there anything you do in these ten minutes? Um... You said that it was minimalist around yeah, the it, inside. Exactly. Yeah, there are those same, like, they are pillars sure. towards the back, but the, in between the pillars, all of the, the stone has been removed so that you can see the externals out over the top of this cliff. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, the inside is much less carved. It's just that same white stone all the way around, except for that wooden door, the plinth, the rectangular depression, and that beam of light. Do I know potentially where this white stone would have come from? Why don't you roll me a history check on that one? Okay. Oh, 15. 15. We're going up. You know that there is a lot of really valuable stone in the world, um, but you do know that uh, one of the cities in Levitica, Yoria, is very, 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 very renowned for its white stone. Uh, and there is not a lot of places that can get this same, like, kind of just, like, really pristine, almost marble-esque white stone. Okay. And Yoria exports it everywhere, and this reminds you a lot of that. Is that Yoria, like, Y-O-U-R? Y-H-O. Y-H-O? R-I-A. Y-H-O. Yoria. I'm jotting down notes. Sounds good. What? <laughs> How Whoa. could you? You're not allowed to keep notes. Oh. Everyone at home, you're not allowed to keep notes. <laughs> you have to. You have to sit here and do it with us. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, I would. I would take that in. I'd look at the ceiling. Is there? Is it? Is that just like plain? Yeah, it um, seems like there's like some of that. Um, th- there's like supportive woods, like struts that hit the top, and there okay. are some that kind of, you know, lattice themselves across those same wood struts. But then that green kind of um, uh, shingling. Also, you can see from the inside as well. And is there any reason for particularly that one, uh, the beam of light is coming in from that hole? In, a hole, yeah. Is that specifically because that is where the sunlight will always come in? or? Yeah, it seems, I mean, the sun is forward. Oh, it's so that's... out of the back of the, remember, the sun is setting yeah. out the back of this area. Oh, so it, Beam of light is coming straight down. Oh, it's all so that could magical. Okay, potentially, maybe. Um, yeah. Upon that, uh, my attention would be drawn back to the center of the room with yeah. uh, that you said Fabergé box. Yep. There it seems like a a very like finely carved almost yeah Fabergé box in the center of the room. How big of a box are we talking? Maybe 
gosh, a foot by a foot by like half a foot. Okay. And is it on the floor? Some sort of pedestal? It's up on a plinth, like plinth? maybe oh, three plinth. feet okay. in the air. Okay. Yeah. Um, not getting too close to it. Uh, I'd say probably maybe six feet of distance between me and the box. I'm going to yeah. like lean in and kind of like look and try to see what the intricacies on the outside detail mm-hmm. if there is anything or if it's just a fancy box. It seems as though it's just like really intricate like kind of wavy carvings okay. on the outside. It doesn't look like there's any type of specific scene being depicted. Okay. I'm At this moment when you're doing this, mm-hmm. you just hear a I am here to map the internals of this building. And unit 867 just stands in the middle. My best Looks buddy. down and starts mapping again on the on the map. Perfect. Um I would while still focusing on the box I'd address, well, Unit 867. 867, I wouldn't approach this box any closer. I would keep your distance, maybe. And at that, I would uh, check for traps. Okay, yeah. Um, Why don't you go ahead and roll me an investigation check? Okay. Looking at it. And, ooh. Okay, Uh, that's six. Okay, uh... (laughs) You look on the box. Uh, you're pretty sure it's not trapped. The box itself? Yeah. Okay. Um, at that, I would uh, take a step back and be next to Val, um, just kind of watching him fin- finish up or whatever the process is yeah. for that um, and wait for him to do what he's doing. Unit 867 puts his head up and stares at the box back at you and then stares at the box again and he says I request to categorize the contents of the container maybe not just yet I will await permission and he looks back at the box (laughs) he's a very polite robot man (laughs) a very polite emotionless robot man good old unit 867 Uh, with that, we will go forward for the sake of brevity uh, ten minutes into the future. Val, you uh, have your vision ignite magically around you. The spell um, detect magic, right? Mm-hmm. You are able to see now these almost like lines of magic that pierce through the veil. And as you do so, you see that this entire area has this almost like blue divination glow. Because you're able to discern the type of magic mm-hmm. that we have here, too. And it has this blue divination glow to it. And over at the box, the box has a very light glow of evocation magic. Hmm. Um, I approach the box with my card still covering my eye. And one, one, actually, the last thing you see oh? is... Um, what do you see with your special eyes? My special eyes! The last thing you see is that this pillar of light is transmutation magic. Oh. Oh. Interesting. So three different types of magic all going on in this room. Yes, divination is this kind of just like light fog around you. Actually, as you look out the door, outside there is this light blue fog too. It just goes outwards from this central point. Surrounded by this fog. This blue fog of divination magic, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, walk up to the box. I'm, I'm open it. Okay. So, you Seeing Val do this uh, before he touches it, um, I mean, I know that I didn't see, sense any traps. Yeah. I would just be very curious. Uh, what, seeing the card over the eye, what, what, did, what did you see? What, did, oh, what was that um, 10 minutes? Uh, so I can now see magic essences around us. Um, I know that this, and I kind of point and streak at the mm-hmm. light, uh, is transmutation magic, so it, it changes things. Um, mm. All around us, there's divination magic, which is odd, because that's like fortune-telling, future-seeing. Um, and then the box has a slight glow of, of evocation, which is usually things like shooting lightning or fireball or something like that. So it, it's probably going to blow up. Um, 
Okay. Would you require assistance with this, or...? Actually, come over here. And I take about 20, 25 steps away. Sure. And just kind of motion for Shadow to follow. Mm-hmm. I, I follow cautiously. All right, and then I use uh, my telekinetic uh, feet yeah. to cast my invisible mage hand to open the box. Okay. As you move your mage hand close to the box and you flick this clasp on the front of it, it opens and you feel this wave of energy just radiate around it right up to about where you're standing. <laughs> Unit 867 just goes and he falls on his butt. Oh no, <laughs> my boy! Is he okay? <laughs> he is just laying there on the ground and he lifts his head up and he looks at the box again. But this time, his vision is obscured because as that box was opened, the pillar of light flashed wide. And from beneath that pillar, you watched this large stone sarcophagus fill the center of that rectangular depression in the center of the room. The box is open. The dust in this room settles. 867 looks around in confusion. And her? You wake up. LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS.